Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm truly excited to welcome our guest today. Scott Waldron is an internal communication consultant who uses data to build internal brand loyalty between leaders, teams, and organizations. Scott believes that behind every great brand lies a healthy culture. And in the Be Brave at Work world, we understand the impact of culture. And I hope we'll talk a little bit about that with Scott today. Scott coaches leaders and employees to become liberators inside and outside of their organizations using programs that are simple, scalable, and sustainable. To do this, Scott assesses and understands the communication styles of you and your staff. He assesses the effectiveness of five different areas using data, and he develops a plan that is sustainable and intentional to drive change. Scott uses simple tools and language that will be remembered, reinforced, and multiplied to an organization for the long term. And as a 25-year corporate employee, I can tell you there are more things I can't remember and were not reinforced because of the way that they were introduced into our organization. So hopefully we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Hello, Scott. Hello. It's good to be here. Appreciate the invite, and it's uh, good to meet up with you. Likewise. Thank you so much for joining us on Be Brave at Work. And I told folks a little bit about you and your background, but I think folks would love to hear a little bit more about the work that you're doing today and really how you interact with the marketplace. For sure. I think that there is a problem out there um, and it, it, it starts with the internal guts of an organization, right? And the problem is that there's a brand problem. And People are going to go, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? Brand problem with the internal organization. Well, I come from that world. I come from the graphic design. I have an agency. Um, I had an agency and I've been running that for a long time and working on brand strategy and communication with your customers and clients and how to build loyalty with those customers and clients. Well, now my my focus is solely on the internal organization and the guts of that organization to make sure that there's loyalty built inside and there's a brand problem meaning there's a lack of alignment there's a lack of consistency and there's a lack of truly feeling valued heard and understood now you can take all those things i just said and apply them to an external marketing or sales campaign right alignment consistency 
valued, heard, understood, right? It's what we need to build customer loyalty. Well, really, that's what we need to build internal teams and leaders and um, just colleagues just to build loyalty within our organization as well. So that's kind of my unique gift and spin and what I bring to my clients is that I understand brand. I understand what it means and I understand how to build that and and using the tools that we use um, makes it super sticky, simple, like you said, sustainable and that we can hold on to that for the long term. Well, I come from 25 years in corporate America and 12 years as a leadership coach. And I will tell you, there are lots of problems out there. So, yeah, this is one problem, but there are many, many problems out in the uh, public world. So uh, it seems like data is important to you. And I'm just curious because, uh, you know, that's an area of interest to our listeners, especially as they think about being braver at work. Oftentimes you work with somebody who's really driven by or kind of turned on by data. And I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about the importance of data in the work that you do. For sure. I think that when we do market research, right, when we're trying to launch a product or even a company, that we do market research and we rely on data to drive decisions and to help us be smart and not wasteful in what we do, um, help inform and strategize as we go forward. Well, we use the same thing um, to deform our internal analysis of, of teams and organizations and leaders. And it's not just it's not just the the idea of doing a, a 360, right? Of you know interviewing different people in the company, understanding what they feel as leaders, and and that's good. And I, I do that as well um, at times. But what we use as far as really understanding the data and the numbers is that we have everybody in the organization um, that we're working with take what we call an invincibility assessment. We believe in creating invincible teams and we use a program called the Invincible Operating System to do that. And we measure five things, communication, relationships, alignment, execution, capacity. So communication, relationships, alignment, execution, capacity. And those are the five things that we do. And we've mapped these to a study that was done by Google called uh, Project Aristotle that was done, if you're familiar with that, where um, they measured a few things. The top number one thing of creating a high performance team they understood was psychological safety. We map that to communication and then building onto those relationships and trust. So we measure those things. We take that assessment. We understand the data that's happening. We get a score of one to 100 on those five different things and then an average. And then we can track the ROI of what we do. Um, the training will pinpoint specific areas that we want to work on. And every three months, we take this assessment to understand if we're trending upwards or downwards and what needs to happen. And we can get pretty micro with some of that data to understand where the gaps are. Well, we are huge fans of psychological safety when we talk about being brave at work, because uh, I think it's fairly absent in most organizations across the globe. We've had a couple of leaders in the world of psychological safety on our podcast, Amy Edmondson and Tim Clark, who wrote a book and really broke psychological safety into four stages. So he took Amy Edmondson's work, I guess, and uh, dove down a little bit deeper. I'm curious from your perspective, Scott, as you enter into new clients, I mean, have you ever found a client that is the poster child for psychological safety or are they almost all void of it? And this is a new model for them to start applying in the workplace. Uh, I have not found that organization, right? They're, <laughs> they're not out there. Have you? Have you found no, that organization? No, no, they're okay. not out there. I think it's that, I think it's that perfection 
element that, right, that we're all striving for that, you know, will we ever reach it? No, I don't know. Probably not. Right. There's always going to be some room for improvement. Um, But I think that's something we're, we're striving for. It's that, it's that, you know, that North star that, that holds us, that directs us towards where we're going. And I think that that's important is just to keep that perspective. Right. And, you know, when you look at the five things you mentioned, communication, relationships, alignment, execution, and capacity, the one that strikes me the most related to being brave at work, and this comes from really the podcast conversations that I've had to date, is relationships. And that if I have a great relationship with you and we have trust, the ability for me to tell you something you don't want to hear or do something in an organization that might be somewhat disruptive is way more likely to be successful than if I have poor relationships with everybody, because the relationship is going to be that third thing that's always in the middle that might be, uh, you know, make it more complex than it needs to be. And I'm just wondering, you know, what your experience has been with relationships as it applies to psychological safety and the work that you do. So there's a principle that I teach called um, the principle of self-preservation. And it's a very simple tool, a very simple element, and something I teach to all my clients. I taught it to my wife last night, and uh, I teach it to my kids. But it's that easy, right? It's that simple. And Is it something you teach them because the moment arose and you said, look, I need to teach you about? Yeah. Wife, please, I need to coach you through something really quick (laughs) about me. You know, because it was convenient for me. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I, I warn her before I, I actually break it out, you know. Good move. Um, good move. Yeah, good move. Um, I think about the the principle of bravery and we think about bravery being the I'm about to do something. I'm about to go talk to somebody. I got to be brave and go talk. I got to be brave and go do. I got to be brave and and interact in some way with something or somebody. When I what I wanted to talk about here was this idea of self-preservation and being brave about lowering our own wall of self-preservation. We all have a wall of self-preservation that's up and it's not going to be lowered until we get over these three questions. Ask ourselves these three questions. And these are the th- three things I want you to ask yourself if you have a hard time trusting somebody or if there's a hard time um, interacting with somebody, right? You have a bad relationship. Let's talk about relationships. You have a hard relationship with somebody. Or if somebody else you find is like has this wall up and you don't really know what it is. You're like, I just can't break through. Can't break through. Three questions. Number one, what am I afraid of losing? Number two, what am I trying to hide? Number three, what am I trying to prove and to whom? If I ask myself those three questions, simple, those three simple questions, and I think about what is keep, what is holding me back from building a relationship? What is keeping my wall of self-preservation up? I think, what am I afraid of losing? Maybe I'm afraid of losing respect. Maybe I'm afraid of losing uh, this relationship. Maybe I'm afraid of losing my position, right? Um Thinking about that. And then what am I trying to hide? Maybe I'm trying to hide a credential of some kind. Maybe I'm trying to hide something I did in the past. Maybe I'm trying to, there's something there. Or what am I trying to prove? I'm trying to prove that I'm capable. Maybe I'm trying to prove that I am competent. Maybe I'm trying to, and those aren't necessarily bad things, right? They're just things that are keeping our wall up from letting people in. And being brave means asking yourself those questions first, admitting that maybe you are keeping your wall up because of those questions and then being willing to lower those that wall, right? To be vulnerable and to expose what's happening at the time. 
Well, of the three questions, which all three I think are fantastic, and one of the things that we're learning on the podcast is that you really have to have a strategy in respect to saying something that needs to be said or doing something that needs to be done, that this isn't a, oh, today I'm going to go in and talk to my boss and I walk into their office and just hit them with it, right? That I hope you've done a little bit more prep work in respect to whom you're talking to. But this first one about what am I afraid of losing, you know, I really resonates because I think a lot of people feel that if I say something to my boss respectfully, and I always encourage people to always be respectful so they know you're coming from a place of caring, that I'm going to lose the current relationship we have, right? And that somehow we're going to be now different. And if it doesn't go well, it's going to be different in a bad way. Uh, if it goes well, then I hope I'm enhanced in my uh, their eyes in respect to how they see me and the type of feedback I can provide. Uh, you know, do e any of these questions... Uh, appear more prevalently in the work that you do? Or are they all equal in respect to how people look at them? They're all pretty equal. And I think it just depends on your circumstance. And there are certain personality types and communication styles, which which you know, that um, have a harder time uh, bringing effective challenge, right? Or bringing effective support. And those are the two elements we talk about, right? And we could talk about this in the element of bravery. And do I... Am I brave enough to bring that challenge that's needed? Okay, maybe I am a uh, relational oil person. Maybe I'm like, I don't like conflict. I am, I don't want to ruffle feathers. I'm just going to lay back. I'm going to sit back and not really say anything right. I'm, I'm, I'm a leader. I'm, I offer all support all day. Like I'm here for you. How, how's your family? Hey, do you have all the tools and elements you need? Hey, okay. That's cool. That's great. Let me know. My door's open. I'm around. Right. And then you check out and then you're sitting there waiting, 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 waiting. Am I brave enough, right, to bring the challenge that's also needed to liberate that person and to liberate our team? So meaning, how do I have the right conversation? How do I hold them accountable in a healthy way? How do I make sure my expectations are communicated in a clear way that may make me feel uncomfortable at times, but is appropriate in order to liberate that person? Likewise, so that that's on that one side. Likewise, maybe I'm great at, you know, offering challenge all day, right? I have this expectation. I want this thing done and I want it done next week, right? And go. Now that also isn't going to help that person, right? Because then they feel like, wait a second, how am I supposed to get that done? Right? The support isn't there, right? The challenge is there all day. I feel challenged, but I don't feel supported. I don't feel like, Hey, this person's for me. I don't feel like, hey, I've got the tools and the resources available to get this job done. I don't really feel the trust there yet. Okay. Am I being brave enough as a leader to admit that I need to offer the support and then offering that support? It may make me feel uncomfortable. Maybe I don't like the touchy-feely stuff, right? But it's it's stepping out of that comfort zone and leading people how they need to be led, not leading people how I think they need to be led, right? So that's that's kind of where we bridge those two gaps of the support and challenge and understanding kind of what you were talking about before. Well, you use the the magic T word, which is trust, which I think is the foundation of so many relationships. And again, I will just point out in the model you talked about earlier, you know, from our perspective of being brave at work, having strong, positive relationships with team members is so important to be able to bridge that gap and take that next step with them in order to enhance their performance. I'm curious, Scott, as you think about bravery in the workplace, you know, what are two or three words that come to mind 
when you when you do think about bravery at work? Uh, vulnerability. So that's that's a big one to me. Transparency. That one's been very hard for me. Right. Um, for you as a leader, as a, as a leader, yeah. as a leader, personally, um, to 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 be open. Right. About business struggles, even with employees to understand what to share, what not to share, to talk to my parents, right. To talk to my spouse and, and what's happening, right. I'm an entrepreneur. Business is great one day and it's horrible the next day, right. Crash and burn. And then it's like, Hey, let's go to Disney world for 10 days, you know? And, and so the I next think day it's, let's not. Yeah. Let's <laughs> Oh wait, wait, did we book that already? Um, I feel you. So that's the principle. And that's the thing that we, we, need to address, right? So vulnerability, um, transparency, and uh, I think just fighting for the po- highest possible good of others takes a lot of bravery. Um, liberation takes bravery. I love those words, vulnerability, transparency, and kind of fighting for the highest good. You know, we've heard vulnerability from others, and I'd love to hear from you if we can peel back the layers of that word a little bit. You know, what do you mean by vulnerability as it applies to being brave at work? What are you looking for? What does it look like to others for them to know that that's a behavior that's important to you? I think it's about being comfortable with yourself enough to admit your faults, right? I think it's being comfortable with yourself enough to admit that you need work done. So humility, I guess, comes down to that. Um, And then... It's all about that wall of self-preservation. It's all about, am I being vulnerable enough to let that down? If I'm not vulnerable, I'm going to keep that wall up. That wall is staying up. It's not coming down. Okay. Now we have to also understand that, you know, we're all a little bit damaged, right? We've all been burned in some way, shape or form, which is going to make it harder for us to use the T word trust with with certain people in certain circumstances and that's going to be there and it may take extra work for some individuals but for us as leaders it's important to understand that right to be vulnerable enough with those that we lead to let them know that it's okay like hey i'm making an effort i would love it if you could make an effort too right like let's mm-hmm. and that and that's going to take some time in some circumstances it's not going to be the same for everybody but i think that's really what it comes down to well, it's interesting how words like vulnerability, humility, and I would even throw in empathy uh, for many leaders are seen as weaknesses, right? That I can't show people the real me or I can't be vulnerable because if they see a crack in the armor, they're just going to come in and, you know, make it even bigger than it needs to be. So it's I, I just think in the work that I do, and it sounds as though the work that you do, that vulnerability, humility, and empathy, while are uh, credible for people in respect to how they lead aren't demonstrated as much as we would like. They are not. And one of the, um, we, we use Myers-Briggs science to, uh, to do a lot of communication analysis. And, and in that population, um, based on what we looked at, about 7% of that population is what we call a pioneer. Um, not necessarily a traditional definition, but that's just what we label that specific voice. Um, those pioneers, while very strategic, military-like thinking, very, very skilled, go to bed thinking about problems, wake up thinking about problems, they're go, 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 win at all costs, we're going to win the war. We hire those types of people to lead companies because they're winners. 
And we like that and we want those types of, but, but the problem is those types of people also aren't great at showing that weakness. They're not great at showing that, that empathy or that touchy feely side. Um, they don't have time to mess with that, right? Like I've got a war to win. I don't have time to sit with you for an hour and talk about feelings, right? Um, that's something we need to think about and something that we need to consider when we are being led by this pioneer who is again, only 7% of the population, but yet are a lot of CEOs and a lot of people that lead companies. We have to put our own mindset and empathize or sympathize with that individual and say, okay, this is something, this is the type of person I'm working with and help them as well help us. Um, so it, it all, it goes all about understanding both ways, right? From the leader side and from our side. Well, uh, I think I can think of more often than not leaders who would say, uh, we have to win the war. I don't have time for your feelings versus a leader who says, hey, this doesn't seem to be striking you well. What's going on and how are you feeling? Right. It's just not mm -hmm. there enough. So, Scott, it has been fantastic talking with you today. And it's great to hear the work that you're doing because it does align, I think, wonderfully with being braver at work. If folks want to talk more about your business or bravery, et cetera, how can they get in touch with you? Just scottwaldron.com, S-K-O-T-W-A-L-D-R-O-N.com is my website. You'll find all my stuff there. You can find me on YouTube. i got a YouTube channel. I do a lot of little coaching segments on there. I have my own show as well called Unlocked, about unlocking the potential of our people, uh, where I interview executives and leaders of other companies that have been through this. And it's about unlocking those people. So really that way. And LinkedIn, just I'm there a lot. I publish a lot of content and I love connecting with people. So just find me there. Terrific. Well, Scott, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Appreciate it. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800 222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, electronically, and in audio everywhere online. You have something to say, yet are not saying it. You have something to do, yet are not doing it. Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.